on last week's Irrevelations. You would almost ask yourself, who gives a sh? Why is this in the Bible? Basically, we're just going to talk about Saul killing himself. Yeah, I've got my stable of valiant men, but there's the one that's the best. And, which is funny, because he also had a stable of women <laughs> that he raped. And then he had Uriah the Hittite, who was really cool. Nothing more. I don't, I don't think anything really happened with that guy. Gonna k- myself. Don't let women tell you you can't dance. That's right. Yeah, fuck you, bitch. Hell yeah, brother. Before we turn to the word, I would like to say I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed and I don't feel good about myself. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Pray this simple prayer, Lord, speak to me. This is how this stupid podcast is poisoning my brain two years in. I uh, had a dream last night that we were just hanging out, you and I. Like there were some other people there was other people around, but like you and I were drinking some beers at this table. And we started having this conversation, and I was like, well, let's save this conversation for the cold opener. Let's not talk about this now. Let's save it for a stupid episode. (laughs) And you're like, what are you talking about? Are you not recording? And then I realized you have your microphone, and you're, like, set up, and you're actually recording an episode, but I'm not. And and I was like, I don't know how did you get – how did this happen? It's like – you you, you've you've transformed your I'm late for my exam. I didn't study dreams – until I'm not recording up, the podcast. I fucked up another episode again. <laughs> hey, I'm good at it. Yeah, you are. It's like three episodes we've had to re-record. Not that anyone would notice. Yeah, of out of Grant like just a hundred and something episodes, three is not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like uh, you got a higher chance of dying from COVID than, <laughs> than Grant doing an entire episode without turning on his fucking microphone. But... um. <laughs> Do be like that. I'm an absent-minded um, professor type of guy. Let's talk about this week because it. I was so eager to do a, just have a, a brief moment because we didn't really discuss it personally. I, like like your dream just insinuated. Oftentimes, before this podcast, we would talk a lot and share about dumb know, shit. Just just, just shoot yeah. the shit constantly. And now it's like, hold on, shut the fuck up. No, you're like, I want to tell you. I'm like, no, shut the fuck up. If we're not recording it, what's the point? But yeah. um, so we didn't talk about the debate, which uh, I want to talk about. Yeah. But it's almost completely overshadowed by the fact that Trump has COVID. And yeah. there's so and much Chris in there. And Hope And Hicks, Chris Christie. And yeah. every other fucking, every GOP senator. You hate to see it happen. And I don't understand <laughs> so how... Oh, <laughs> this is th- what we're really seeing is uh, life imitating art because I thought this whole fucking virus was a hoax and now it's actually getting people like what the fuck is going like well don't get too excited it hasn't killed anyone yet uh, well I guess Herman Cain so. yeah <laughs> rip Herman Cain <laughs> but uh not really fuck that guy but um 
here on the po- here I know Twitter and Facebook are trying to stamp it up, but here on the podcast we advocate we fucking love when they die. Yeah, from COVID. anyone. We're big fans. Any person. Not, we will get banned off Twitter because we yeah. will not stand down. We will not stand down or stand back. We will no, or be reasonable, full, or be reasonable, or decent, or decent. Anything <laughs> I love, good. I love the calls for decency. It's such a fucking tough trivia. Like, oh, so much for the tolerant left. Uh, I thought it was only us. First of all, the the idea that like people were making fun of the tolerant left for getting butthurt about Republicans wishing death on people and advocating violence. Yeah. And now this year, the left actually uh, advocating violence and making fun of dead people. Like, oh, oh, so much for decency, I guess, you guys. Like, I don't. <laughs> and to top it all off, all the fucking sniveling liberals are, like, <laughs> wishing him best anyway. I know. Ugh, Ugh. Rachel Maddow is like, in all honesty, m- Mr. and Mrs. President, I hope you shut up. Shut yeah. the fuck up. No, you Just don't. Just say what you. Yeah, we don't. Here on the Revolution <laughs> no. Podcast, we'll tell it like it is. I hope that. On his deathbed, Melania's like, Baron's not yours. And then that's... <laughs> well, Baron's obviously Eric's. Just look at him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know it. Yeah. He did, a, he did an old Reuben, if you know what I mean. Hell um, yeah. Hell yeah, brother. A reverse Reuben. <laughs> no, he fucked his dad's wife. Yeah. That's opposite. Reuben... Oh, you're right. I'm thinking of Judah, who fucked his son's wife. Right. No, See? this is oh, a... Man, we're all over the place. This is a Bible <laughs> podcast, and we make some Bible fucking references. And let's never forget that one of the sons of Israel fucked his dad's wife. And that's I love that think. a Reuben is technically a reverse Judah. You know? Right. They, kinda, they play off each other. Right. <laughs> I never thought about they it should, like that. There should be that, like as the sandwich. You should ask for a Judah, and it's just a fucking piece of bread covered in dressing <laughs> and just loose meat. And you're like, all right. Uh, Corn beef on the side. Uh, but let's talk about the debate. So the debate was an absolute shit show, and obviously everyone else is kind of saying the same thing. Yeah. But um, it I, obviously, you know, that, that was one of the it, – it, it's weird that uh, kind of coming up to this election, all my conservative friends have been kind of keeping to themselves. And then it seemed like the debate was their chance to be like, all right, here it is. Biden's going to be a mentally handicapped, demented, slobbering moron. Sure. And Trump's just going to be going for the ribs. Yeah. And it was just, in my opinion, and I'm biased, of course, because yeah. I think Trump is dumb as shit. It sounded like Trump just trying to interrupt with the dumbest shit possible and Biden being like, here's some statistics. He's like, wrong. Uh, no. Yeah. It, I don't think hard either of them watch. did great. Um by any stretch of the imagination uh i'm not Biden, quite sure what you want i don't know i'm not quite sure how anyone would have uh, the moderator and biden faced with what trump was doing i'm not sure how anyone was okay supposed to the moment where he react. told him to shut up yeah there should have been a lot more of that <laughs> i think just put just humiliate him and make him make him sound like a baby like just you have to do it i you felt there was a lot of that to be honest you know i think there could have been more there was forceful. a lot more directed insults and shit. I don't want to be the pouty Bernie bro, but I don't think Bernie would have let that happen. I think he would have fucking... You've seen that old man get angry. I yeah, I, I think Bernie probably would have been better in the debate just for being able to riff and, and go yeah, on one of those. Yeah, shut buttons. him down. and That, that like yeah. angry Northeasterner thing. You love it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Uh, it would have been all right. But it, to, to me, it was like, hey, here's all the... Uh, my favorite moment... 
My favorite moment was um, Biden was like, okay, you know, Trump is talking about the recovery and saying the economy's doing well. And yeah, for his cronies and the ultra-rich, but what about the people at home who are lost their jobs and losing their homes? How are they doing? And Trump was like, well, they're doing well. <laughs> that was, was a like, funny one. Mm, what, what were some other highlights? Uh, I liked the <laughs> I liked whenever Biden was trying to talk about Bo and Trump's sure. like I don't know that guy I know Hunter <laughs> that was so that was that so was, awful <laughs> I love I love I love Trump being like I don't know about this guy he seems to be giving his kids preferential positions of the government I'm like what is, <laughs> yeah what, what that's are you, your whole fucking cabinet what are you talking about his bit. yeah yeah I don't. It's like, oh, I bet, I bet Biden lets his kids do preferential deals in China and Russia. Not like me, you guys. Not like what I do. That's not my fucking bag. Jared Kushner technically isn't his son, so <laughs> there's that one at least. Uh, yeah. Uh, what I was good sloppy. Shit. Yeah. But and then and then and that and that's what we kind of want to springboard because now Trump officially has COVID. And we know it's on the up because he just released a photo of him back at work signing <laughs> blank pieces of paper with a Sharpie. So, I mean, that's step one. Obviously, business as usual. That's what the government does. They sign I like papers. The, I, I like the idea that there was previous ideas of Trump just like like him like get that bill on my desk and everyone's like he doesn't read those bills. Uh, he's just signing whatever the fuck they put in front of him. And I'm yeah. like, well, at least with that fantasy, we assumed at least it was bills in front of him. Not blank pieces of no, paper that they then write the bill afterwards. You know? Yeah, yeah. You just it's like a a blank check. That's a good movie, by the way. It is a good movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Trump could have uh, been the main guy in that too, if you think about it. Yeah. Remember the yeah. bad guy? Well, the he guy also could have been. He also could have been the kid. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Let's do an episode of Blank Check, but we recast the little boy as Donald Trump with no <laughs> reference to it. Of him just being like, just, what do you mean? I got all this money for nothing. <laughs> could be fun. God. Um, but yes, but now he's claiming he has COVID, which, mm-hmm. first of all, do we believe him? Does he have COVID? I don't. I don't. I, like I said, I already told you this, uh, but I think he's doing a Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro. No he's doing it for like, like at this point, he can no longer, he's got to do something to explain away the fact that he basically denied the virus for like six months yeah. You know, be like, it's going to be fine by April. We're going to have, like, no cases. You know, we're going to have nothing going on. It's going to be done. It's just going to go away, you guys. And now. And now, and now you can say, I'm also a victim. Yeah. And I, you play the sympathy yeah. card. Yeah. I've been I've been covering up for rapists for years, and now I got raped? Guys. Yeah. Feel sorry for me. Come on. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's, obviously, it's, it's not going to work on anyone with a functioning brain. But the fact that, again, Rachel Maddow is coming out and being like, oh, I hope he gets better. Is a bad sign. I mean, I think that's theater. I, 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 I think it is theater, and I don't, but people buy it. Like, like people that are on the fence. Which again, yeah, what the fuck? I don't. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I don't think the goal is to be like, hey, let's be sympathetic to Trump. I, and I and I think this was a mistake during the Hillary campaign. I think it's an effort to take the high road when I think that's yeah. meaningless now. Yeah, it's dumb. Yeah, yeah. That's my don't, point. Don't do it. Even if it's not actual sympathy, it it is meant to appear to be that. And people are going to be like, that's going to set the tone that, oh, yeah, poor him. No, I remember, what was up. that? 
what was that thing Hillary Clinton did where it was like uh, Donald Trump uh, sends hate speech at 2 a.m. and I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up at 2 a.m. so I can uh, tweet about some nonprofits we can donate to that help kids. Like, uh, Shut up. We know you. Shut you're, the fuck up. We know you eat children, lady. Yeah, All right. come on. That's what <laughs> the reason you carry that hot sauce in your pocket is in case you just find a like someone stuck in a washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> Stuck in a washing. What is this? The weirdest like per- <laughs> porn parody of all time. Let's do that porno where it's okay. like, what are you doing, stepbrother? It's Hillary Clinton with a bottle of hot sauce. Like, I am actually going to eat that ass. And a steak knife. <laughs> it's just a dildo chainsaw. You're like, what are you? This is the content doing? people crave. We gotta do it. <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna fucking eat that ass for Satan. Hell yeah. We could get Gavin McGinnis to produce. I'm sure. Oh yeah, dude, he would do that in a heartbeat. Right. He probably starred it. He'd be the ass. <laughs> the ass. He is I've an ass. seen so uh-uh. much of Gavin McGinnis drinking his own piss and fucking his own butthole with a dildo that I, I don't know. I don't know. How I mean, that rocks. It, but, um, yeah, that's the greatest stuff that he's done. Fucking Proud Bes- Boys. Obviously, whole, besides founding Proud Boys. <laughs> besides, besides founding essentially a drunken frat group. Yeah. Uh, slash, uh, is it like a what? What is the term for like soccer fans that just come to fight? Hooligans. They don't even care about the soccer hooligans. Yeah. A gang of Canadian hooligans is what yeah. we've got on our plate. But, uh, and shitty polo shirts. Fucking loving America right now. It's fucking great. Yeah. And you know, speaking of hooligans, <laughs> these Israelites, buddy, I'm telling you, the way that they hooligans. roughhouse, they're just getting into it with everyone, just fight, looking for a scrap right. at all times. Would you describe these uh, early Israelites as proud boys? Would yeah. you describe David as the first Proud Boy? That's Gavin McInnes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would. Yeah. All right. Let's co- let's get him on the it. let's get him on the pod. We ask okay. if he's the first. As we continue casting the Bible, that's a new one. Gavin McInnes. Okay. Gavin McInnes as David. Yeah. Okay. And slight brown face to match the. <laughs> uh, that's how you know it's tan. not racist. That's how yeah. you know it's not racist. I love that yeah. they're like, we're not racist. Look, we've got a black leader who's also dumb as shit. Well, he's McInnes is an Irish name. He's a POC. That's true. Yeah. Irish people are not white, but they do try to be racist like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah. fit in is okay. what I read. So, um, so welcome to, the, welcome to the Revelations podcast. I am Grant Devoist. And I'm Cole Delusky. And we're on episode, fill me in here. Oh, shit, one, I don't know. I think it's six. six. Yeah. yeah, let's go with that. So we're uh, picking up this week, uh, still in First Chronicles, regrettably. Yeah. Uh, but now onto chapter 16. We're making good way. All right. We're going to try and bite another chunk out real quickly for you guys today. I think we're not going to. All right. We've read this story before, you know, you know, you know what we're doing. So, yeah, we're we're going to this might hopefully be a really short app because we're just going to fill you guys in and then stop in for a few things that we think are interesting. But yeah, it's there's going to be more debate talk this episode than there is Bible talk, probably. Yeah. Uh, so when we last talked you know, kind of because we're recapping a recap. Uh, what we last talked about was the bits from, I want to say, Second Samuel, where yes. we ended on the part in Second Samuel, essentially, where they brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. Yes. Um, the- now, this is, you say Second Samuel, the reason I know it is, is because David's king now, right? right. David is the one bringing the Ark back to Jerusalem, um, and that none of that takes place until... First Samuel is basically Saul's story. I do like that in the last episode, it specifically mentions that he's like dancing on the fucking Ark of the Covenant. 
and uh, his wife that he kidnapped, they barely mention it in Chronicles, like, and then Michael saw him dancing and resented him. And it's like, yeah. there might be a reason for that. that we, <laughs> we covered it in Second Samuel, why Michael, the daughter of Saul, so fucking pissed at David for essentially killing her dad, uh, usurping the kingdom, and then kidnapping her away from her family. But, uh, you know, and her husband, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not really important in Chronicles. That fact doesn't really matter. But but it still gives us gives it to us for some so reason. So cool as shit. Now, it's time for a celebration, right? So they have the ark. It's back in Jerusalem. It's in the pretty little tent that David's got set up for it. The tent as described uh, during Exodus and all that when they're building shit. Um, and basically, David gets everyone together. Um, he finishes sacrificing some burnt offerings to it. Uh, he blesses the people in the name of the Lord. He's handing out loaves of cake. Like date cake and raisin low, cake, which sounds low, great. It's a big ass communist party. Yeah, he's like, "Hey fucking... guys, who wants some food?" Yeah, yeah. Party. I get big Woodstock vibes from this whole thing. Personally, it, it's a it's a celebration. Yeah. So uh, then he gets. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just I, again, and I kind of we've become such a part of it, and there's so many instances where God gets pissed and he's mercurial, and I and I almost want since we're talking about the Ark, I want to take a minute to like talk about the arc again because the arc is one of those things that's super duper confusing so to me anyway the arc is where they store the uh what are those fucking tablets that moses made oh uh, 10 commandments the 10 commandments it's where they store the 10 commandments which are our contract with god yeah the second set of 10 commandments the the set that moses didn't break Right, 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 right. Yeah. But it is it is essentially a storage for this is our agreement. It's like a big-ass, it's a fancy-ass manila folder for the yeah. signed contracts that is the agreement with the Jews, with God, and hey, if you do this, I'll provide this. Goods for services, you be a good boy, I won't let the Philistines rape your wife. Maybe. Um, yeah, maybe. I might. I might still. I might yeah. kill you. I might get I, your wife raped, but... <laughs> will. At least, at least no filthy outsiders are doing, and that's better, right? Yeah. Um, but also, that, and that's that's fine. The the part that confuses me is it's also supposed to be where God lives, but also doesn't live, and God doesn't have a physical form, but he also is a cloud that that's his house. It's kind of a weird. Yeah, I mean, if you think this is confusing, wait until we get into like the Trinity and how bizarre God's you know existence is and. Uh, it's it's hard to put like I, I think that's kind of the idea is to make him outside of like our plane of existence where he's not um, tangible. There's a lot of like weird supernatural elements to him, of course. Um, One of the thing that is also interesting is that at least God thus far, God in Genesis is a dude. He walks around. He airs his nuts out on the Garden of Eden. You know, he 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 opens doors. He closes doors. He goes from A to B. Uh, by the time we get to uh, Moses, he's a mystical cloud that follows and like sends out signals. He's basically like a, a hive of bees. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then now God's kind of ephemeral. He's kind of like a shadow that talks to pop prophets, and he still cares deeply about the Ark of the Covenant. But it's more like an ex he used to live with. You know, he's like nobody better touch her. But yeah, I'm not there anymore. You know. Yes, it's still super dangerous. You know, it's yeah. still basically Chernobyl, but that can be picked up and carried around. Um, and uh, it's uh, it hasn't 
Well, no, it just killed somebody too, huh? Just earlier. So yeah, this it, thing is it, still very dangerous. It, it's still super dangerous. But anyway, yeah. uh, it's back in Jerusalem. I mean, that that story is its own thing. Is that David tried to bring the Ark of the Covenant in? Yeah, the story of David bringing the Ark of the Covenant is good because it's like I did have the best intentions. I was trying to do what God wants, but yeah. because I didn't follow His absurd, specific set of rules, someone had to die. Correct. And it, it it really does expound on God's character. So you, you, you know, step correct. You better. If now, if you fuck around, you will find out. <laughs> Most likely, not today, but back then before uh, we had cell phones, definitely. Uh, now, what happens next is just kind of stupid. So he gets together his whole little musician squad that we've talked about over and over again. So he's got the lyre guys, the harp guys, the simple dude, um, the trumpet people, the whole band. And they basically write the first Christian rock song. And it sucks, as you might imagine, because it's Christian rock and it's never been good. Um, and so the rest, almost the rest of the chapter is just... Basically, oh, God, you're so good. You, you made Abraham. You swore an oath to Isaac. You, Jacob had a bunch of kids. We are afraid of you, but you're cool, so don't People hurt us. One of the things I thought was interesting is kind of the weird double-think, duplicitous nature of God's character. Okay. Because they, they make specific mention of, um, like, for instance, 1621. It talks about Abraham uh, and the... Kind of like, you know, how the first family of Israel, they wandered to and fro, and the world was fraught with danger, and, and God permitted no harm against them. And sure. I, I think what they're referencing is all the times Abraham's wife almost got banged by a pharaoh. Yeah. You know? And you're like, he didn't let that happen, so that's how you know God, which is, sure, fine, great. I guess. I, I mean, I Abraham guess. tried to do it. Abraham was, did it every which way he could. Into that cuck shit. Which served whatever. it on a silver platter, and he yeah. must have had such blue balls, he's like, God. Fuck God! Let her get railed by the Pharaoh guy. Um, but it, I don't know. It's like yes, you see, God has His Majesty, and he and he, <laughs> and he protects us from harm. No mention of the four hundred years of slavery that his grandkids would have. I, I well, guess whatever. Right? I'm sorry. <laughs> now I'm picturing, I'm picturing Abraham literally trying to get like Billy Zane to do this. From the <laughs> uh, and it's like I that actually makes sense. Uh, Billy Zane from the Mummy. Yeah. That Pharaoh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know he was like a priest in the Mummy, not a Pharaoh, but you get the picture. Right, 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 right. It yeah, counts. You know. Well, he was technically Imhotep, right? Whatever. The Grand Vizier. Whatever. I'm not sure what the canon is for uh, <laughs> the Mummy lore. The Mummy lore. But uh, it would have been funny if in the Mummy, the original Mummy with uh, Billy Zane, there was just this guy with like a sheet where like, you want to fuck up my sister? And he's like, no. <laughs> just a little nod to Abraham. And then he just becomes the Mummy and curses England or whatever the fuck. Um, uh, okay. I love it. It would have been cool. would have been cool. When we do the next rendition of the Mummy since yeah. Tommy... Since uh, Tom Cruise's sucked. Tom Cruise's sucked, yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll okay. give us the money. We're good. So, anyways, rock and roll. They keep... Again, it's Woodstock. Free food, free love, shitty music. Woodstock. <laughs> God is great. It the sucks. Lord reigns. The sea roared all its fillness. Uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting... Um, it's like, basically, it's like, when God comes... The uh, earth shall move, the heavens rejoice, and let the earth be glad, which is, I don't know, it sounds so generic, but then my Bible's like, when this happens, when God comes to earth, even inanimate objects are going to be fucking jazzed. I was like, is that? That's weird. That's how you took it? That sounds dangerous. 
It's like, yeah, it's going to be the fucking ints just jumping up in joy. Like, all right. Yeah. When God comes, you're going to feel it, baby. It's weird the things that they think are uh, like uh, allegory and the things like, no, literally mountains are going to cheer and trees and streams are going to be so fucking pumped about it. I was like, all right. There's some, there's actually some stuff later on in the Bible that's reminiscent of that where I, and again, I'll probably be proved wrong when we actually get to it, but it talks about how. Uh, if no one is worshiping God, if humans stop, then the mm-hmm. rocks will start doing it for us, which oh. is very creepy, right? Oof. Like, I guess. Do you need it. You need praise that bad. Like that come you're on, gonna, man. that you're gonna bewitch rocks. Um, yeah. Come I on, guess. Jack. Yeah. When the universal recognition of the greatness of the Lord bursts for burst forth in praise and worship, inanimate nature will also be released from the bondage and curse of sin. Again. I, is that supposed to mean something? Uh, so. Are people legitimately like, yeah, don't worry, rocks and streams, you'll be released from sin when we pray together. I don't know. <sighs> but dogs don't go to heaven. Dogs don't this go to heaven. fucking Bible. That's why I'm not going to heaven. I'm going to dog hell, baby. <laughs> uh, okay, so then we talk about, uh, you know, basically all the rigmarole that goes into the ark. You know, he's got his priests in the tabernacle set up to present burnt offerings. Um, there's, And it just kind of goes back through these guys that we've already talked about like 10 fucking times in this book. Yeah, we know about the symbols the and the gate. trumpets. Yeah, but they, they want to re, re I do have a that. question. Yeah. Did they have trumpets back then? Are sure. trumpets that ancient of a yeah. musical instrument that they have? I mean, it's, I think technically a conch shell is a trumpet, so... Do they have? Is there conch shells in the Mediterranean? I don't know. Yeah, I'm picturing the Little Mermaid band when they did Under the Sea. Uh, yeah, that, that fucking rocked. Definitely. By the way, up uh, invented 1500 BC. Well, there you go, guys. Yep, they, trumpets are old right as before fuck. this time. Then by a few hundred years. Okay, so yeah, realistic symbols. That's easy to imagine. It's literally just a piece of metal, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um. All right. Fuck. Okay. Sweet. So. That's the end of chapter 16. Uh, we wrap that up, the whole little scene with the music and celebrating the arcs back home. And now we're into chapter 17. Um, so David is settled in his palace, and he basically goes to Nathan, the prophet, not his son, because he has a son named Nathan too, right? Right. Um, this, is, this is, to sum up, recounting this story, David just turns to Nathan yeah. Who just happens to be with him at all I times. Mean, yeah, he's the prophet. You know, you got to have the prophet. And is like, hey, I noticed that I live in a house and the tit- and the, the Ark of the Covenant doesn't. I think I should build a house for the Ark of the Covenant. And Nathan's yeah. like, yeah, you, you're a smart guy. He's basically humbling himself, right? So he's saying, hey, God, you know, God's the man. How come I, little old... It, it, it's performative, right? I think... It, it's a confusing story. First of all, I'm suspicious of David's relationship with Nathan since I know how close he was with Jonathan and that all shit. Yeah. Uh, my, my Bible's like, you notice that all there, there's a lot of instances when we refer to how kings summon and speak to prophets, but the informal nature of David and Nathan's this sentence kind of implies that Nathan is just always with David. Like an advisor. Which, I mean, uh, King's always got right yeah. hand mans. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, you trust- can take it a couple of ways. 
you can take it woman, that David you know? is <laughs> you can take it that David is a godly man who always seeks the counsel of prophets and keeps them near so he knows what God's word is or sure. David's fucking Nathan and that's why he names his son after him that's what I think I think I'm he no is. scholar but <laughs> well you kind of are um <laughs> so he he basically tells him yeah I want to build I have a sweet palace God should have a sweet temple right right and Nathan's like yeah do that but then Nathan goes home, goes to sleep, or maybe he doesn't go home. Maybe he just yeah. lays he next wasn't to much David. sleeping that night. And he, God comes to Nathan, and God says, "All right, listen. Do you know my fucking story? I have been living in a tent, traveling around the desert, getting drugged around by my dirty chosen people for centuries. I don't need a fucking temple. What do you? David is not going to be the one to build me a temple. All right, David. You know he. I'm gonna. He basically goes on to praise David to an extent that is a little corny." Right. He's talking about what a great guy David is, um, that he's going to uh, be his family will last forever. He's going to be on the throne forever because he, he's such a good dude. But it kind of it's weird that it gives David an excuse simultaneously it gives David an excuse not to go through all the work of building a temple and also makes him sound like the coolest guy of all time. It's a little on the nose. It, it, it is kind of it sounds more and more like it's just a bullshit excuse because it would raise the question. It's like it's like if you went in to visit someone's house and they live yeah. in a fucking mansion and then you're sure. like, oh, where does your mother-in-law live? And you're like, oh, in that hut, she's camping up back. And <laughs> sure. you're like, oh, you don't want to just put her in the spare bedroom? I'm like, no, she's fine in the tent. She told me she she's likes it there. Fine, she's fine. She likes it there. It's like because she grew up poor and it reminds her of home. And you're like, all right, like it it's does, adorable. you know, you're like, okay, as long as that's what she wants, because it doesn't make sense that yeah, God, that David lives in a massive fucking temple as the king of Israel, and literally uh, the the Ark of the Covenant is languishing in a backyard somewhere. And let's be real, this is not on brand for God. Okay, yeah, no, he loves no his pomp and way. circumstance. And l- and let me tell you, as as someone who can speak for God, as, yeah, you uh, can. I consider myself on that level. You are. Uh, God wants a fucking temple, all right? But he's okay. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the fucking uh, months we spent just talking about how much fucking gold God likes to be lathered oh, in God. in his tent? Yeah. He's like fucking smog, dude. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, he's like, I'm a, you know me, you know? Don't, why, why are you trying to be so nice to me? Just let me. I want to be out in the yard with the animals. <laughs> All he does is sit on his gold and eat fucking hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my bread, you fuckers? <laughs> like, all right. Um, so, so that's okay. So Nathan goes to David and tells him all this, right? God doesn't want your temple. God doesn't want your charity. He says, "Don't worry, uh, your and, sinful fucking shithead son will be the one to do it." That's yeah, what I'm saving for whatever reason. Yeah. So, so David goes and talks to God now um, and says. Hey, you know, God, thanks for saying all that nice stuff about me. You're pretty great, too. And he just waxes <laughs> on about, oh, there's no one like you, God. You're so cool. And thanks for not making me have to build a temple. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it's, what, that's what you want. That's what you want. No, my wife doesn't like oral. She told me. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, You know me? I'd eat that ass all day long, but she yeah. that's her. I, I, mean, I got What am I, a rapist? I'm going you know, to respect her wishes. Yeah. Um, did my best. It, it, I think we also recall, and this is one of those things that was ultra confusing about it, especially now, is that part of this whole argument about the temple was also wrapped into this, like this sort of like, 
the, the story from David's camp from Judah, which whoopty fucking do, is like, oh, I was going to build God this super mega duper house. And God was like, no, you don't need to do that. I tell you what, just for trying, I'm going to make sure you have an everlasting, an everlasting line of kings forever. Yeah, and well, David awkward. was like, yeah, David's like, if that's what you want, but I mean, you know, he was like, are you sure, God? Because if you ever make me not the king of Israel, people are going to think you're a pussy. And God's like, I'm not worried about that shit. Let's also real quick point out uh, on that note that God promises David's lineage will rule Israel forever. We didn't even get through the next two books before that was over. <laughs> yeah, that was right. Uh, God, By the God, end of Second like God- Kings. Like I've D- David's up in heaven with God, and God's just smoking bourbon and drinking tobacco. Smoking bourbon. Like, huh? He's God. <laughs> he's God. Oh yeah, That's he does he God does shit. It. And he's uh, he does God shit. And he's like, what about that? He's like, I didn't know about the Babylonians. All right, I mean, I didn't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not all knowing, omniscient. All right, David. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who could predict Babylonians? You never expect it. They were um, basically homeless in season three. All of a sudden. <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, God, in the narrative, of course, God allows it to happen as punishment. Yeah. But that kind of goes against the whole idea of forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, He's like, don't worry, David, you're going to have an everlasting line because I didn't want you to build a house. Uh, but the thing but is, God I- knew that in like 15 generations or what, maybe less, 10 generations? I think it's 800 years is basically what it breaks down to. But From David to Babylonian exile? I think so, right? Isn't the Babylonian no exile? We, 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 I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but... You think First uh, and Second Kings lasted 800 years? I bet it lasted half that. I don't know. Uh now I'm all confused because I used to have in my mind I don't want to like fucking take a guess, but I thought it was 1400 BC was uh, Moses. The judges was like 1000 BC, and now we're at 400 BC thereabouts. So from David wrong? to exile in Babylon was 14 generations. Mm-hmm. Um, but how many years? 500. Oh, yeah. see, yeah, I, I thought I thought the entire in my mind. The entire period from Joshua to the Babylonian exile was about 800 years. And Judges was about three. Okay, I see. From Joshua to then. Gotcha. Yeah, so from yeah, David is like, like four. David says 490-ish. Yeah. I mean, we could we could get the exact number because it tells us everyone's age. Right? Wait, or how I long they ruled. But who cares? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> so the point is that it's roughly 500 years, 490, whatever. But that's God's idea forever. So... You know, yeah. keep that in mind. God, who uh, who lives forever and, and is like, by the way, in like a couple hundred years, I'm going to have a son. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. But This um, is the God who's so literal that whenever you promise to sacrifice the first thing you say when you get home, you have to sacrifice the daughter that comes out. But forever it can be 490 years. Whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, like, oh, you know. Uh, come on. I was kidding. I was kidding to... to God is uh, God's just one of those guys where he says things, and you're never sure how to interpret it because he might just be kidding when he goes back next on Fox News with it. I'm just going to say the rape and murder and slavery that God condones and demands, I can live with. It's the right. hypocrisy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst part. Yeah. Okay. That's chapter 17, right? There's anything else in here? Yeah. It's just funny. a bunch of promises from David to God. You've heard it before. We probably read this exact shit before. So, we did. chapter 18. We pick up the pace a little bit. We're going to just go through basically all of David's uh, conquering. So 
Uh, he defeats the Philistines and subdued them. He goes to Gath and wipes them out in all their surrounding villages. He goes to the Moabites and makes them start paying him tribute. He goes to Hadadezer, the king of Zobah, which Jesus Christ guy. Like, you're the king. You can name yourself anything. Why would you? I don't know. <laughs> uh, one of the things to note is that this is one of those instances where the Bible tries to make it make sense. Okay. In this... The Bible says that uh, when he goes to take on, I want to say the Syrians, that he takes on 1,000 chariots, 7,000 horsemen, and 20,000 foot soldiers. And okay. in Second Samuel, it said he took 700 horsemen. Huh. So 700 to 7,000, why so different? And what my Bible says is that because of the Jewish language, that it's a mistranslation and not a contradiction, which... Honestly, do we trust the Bible? I don't know. No, I don't care. It's awful. Um, regardless, a lot of people die in this passage. Um, it's talking about all the uh, the Zobans that he kills. Uh, he yeah. even hamstrings all but a hundred of their horses, which is yeah. weird. Like, why leaving? I don't know. Just if you're gonna hamstring that many horses, it's like it's like when Saddam burned the oil fields as he was leaving Kuwait. It's just a cool thing to do. I guess. That's rock. <laughs> Made for good like imagery. Um, so yeah, then he goes, uh, the Syrians basically hear what's going on with Zoba, and they come in, and he kills 22,000 of them. And then good. he sets up a garrison in Damascus, the Syrian capital, right? Mm. Which will be a point of battle for like all of the, all of the Book of Kings, right? They keep on fighting with those guys. Um, he steals a bunch of gold shields from Hadadezer, uh, takes those to Jerusalem. He basically is just looting and sacking and pillaging and an awful guy, uh, total, total piece of shit. Um, and then all these other different Kings start hearing about what's going on and trying to get involved. And David wipes them out too. Some of them jump the gun and just start offering David tribute. Cause, uh, they don't even want to fucking deal with that, which I don't blame them. Right. It says that the, uh, two, the King of Hamath, to air quotes congratulate him sent him a bunch of gold which come on <laughs> yes yeah. let's not <laughs> i know a bribe when i see it all right <laughs> yeah that's tribute but, he's uh, like listen i just wanted humility. to donate to your super pack all right i'm just a fun guy <laughs> and if you pass this bill that'd be great but whatever not that's a big got deal. nothing to do with me really i just wanted to congratulate you <laughs> just this bill though pass it okay so uh yeah he, he basically offers all these things to god sure and his treasury um, and, uh, yeah, he's kicking ass. Abishai is running around and it says struck down 18,000 Edomites. I don't know if that means on his own or like commanding an army. Probably commanding an army because Abishai, while he was a mighty man, uh, That's a was lot. also Eight, a general. 18,000. So. I can't even like, that's a lot of people to kill. So, uh, also it, it then goes into the different, uh, officials that David's appointed. Very potent administration he's set up. He's got Joab leading the army. Something of a mad dog, if you will. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's got Jehoshaphat uh, as the court recorder. I'm picturing like a Sean Spicer type character. Yeah. Um, his sons are basically all the chief officials. It's a great. It's the greatest administration of all time. It, rules. it is the greatest administration. He's got the dream team. It was never as good <laughs> as it was then, you know? Never. We, uh, we need to make Israel great None again. of them ever wrote a book calling him a fucking moron. That's never. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And that's the end of chapter 18. Chapter 19 is more violence. Break break it up. Let's go. I don't even think... Do we really even need to get into this? There were some princes, a man, a nun, it's the Ammonites. some fucking guy, yeah, the Ammonites. This story is kind of funny, but we already covered it, so 
I'll do we it. We covered in it brief. in depth. Yeah. There was a guy named Nahash who was the king of the Ammonites that David apparently thought was cool. There's no reasoning for that. I went through the Bible today. There's no mention of him doing anything nice to David. I, no, hold on. Nahash did nothing for David. Yeah. Allegedly, if I'm not mistaken, they mentioned it, but it's not mentioned in detail. It's mentioned in passing that when David was living in exile, the king of Amnon helped him out in some way. Uh, okay. Even though they're so kind of enemies. Name. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't Nahash. It was the Ammonites by the previous king. Then David was in exile, so he technically wasn't really fighting for Israel's flag at that time. And I yeah, was like, yeah. yeah, you're all right. And then he goes well, back, he's like, fine. You know. Nahash does some really fucked up stuff where he goes to Saul's army and tells Saul's army, hey, if you guys surrender to me, all I'm going to do is cut out your eyes, but I'll let you live or whatever. Was that so the same that, guy? I yeah, that's the same guy. But oh. regardless, whatever, for some reason, David admired this guy. So the guy dies. David sends an envoy to the son to like offer condolences. The son thinks that they're spies or his advisors do. So they cut off all their beards and cut off their clothes at the butt, which is a right. funny look. You have to admit it. Like, <laughs> Assless chaps. That basically would be, turning these grown men into Furbies. To be honest, and, that's uh, kind of the... If, if, Jeff, if Joe Arpaio... Was like, listen, yeah. you know, fuck the whole pink uh, jumpers, fuck the rotten food. I'm just going to make all my prisoners wear assless chaps. <laughs> no more crime <laughs> in Arizona. It, it is really fucking cool. That'll actually. stop illegal immigration in its tracks. <laughs> so he humiliates the shit out of these guys, sends them home uh, back to uh, Israel. David's like, guys, hang out in Jericho, grow back your beards so that no one has to see you looking like complete fucking Nancys. And, uh, you know, hold on. I, I do want to make a mention because yeah. Trump okay. says he reads the Bible, but if instead of forcibly sterilizing uh, immigrants at the border, separating their kids so they can be raped by guards and yeah. generally just letting them die from illnesses, if he just True. cut their pants up a little bit and sent them back on their way in the desert with assless chaps, problem solved. I guess don't need the wall. Don't. No, that's that's yeah, deep. Uh, glad we covered that point that you really want. <laughs> I'm to just make. saying, if, if, Trump, if you're okay. listening, sure he is. Cut, cut up, cut up their pantalones. <laughs> They're not sending their best pants. Um, he okay. So they realize that David's pissed that they humiliated his envoy, rightfully so. And so, kind of as a preemptive, preemptive thing, they start amassing an army and even hire mercenary kings to join them. So David's like, well, this can't stand. And sends out Joab, basically, to defeat them. Joab gets de- uh, surrounded. So Joab has his brother Abishai or the other one? Which one? Ahasel? Abishai? And they say, all right, you fight the ones behind us. I'll fight the ones in front of us. We'll help each other out. But they both just completely rout the enemies. Uh, kick the shit out of them. The I Ammonites. think that was the one we saw where like Joab and Abishai split up their armies and one gets the small army and one gets yeah. the big army. And it, and it was like, hey, if you get in trouble, I'll come help you. And if I get in trouble, you help me. And it's like, well, that's not really a good plan if we're yeah. getting but, I mean, it works. simultaneously. But what do I know? You know? It works for them because uh, they're fine. They destroy the Syrian and Ammonite armies, completely rout them. Um, and then... And there the were no Ammonites, more Syrians. And they were, he, yeah, so then they call in... Again an extra army and David hears about this and he gathers the army up, crosses the Jordan and uh, just fucks their shit up completely. Kills everybody, kills the commander, kills the men, um, turns them into uh, vassal state basically. And everyone's like, all right, we're not, we're not fucking around with Israel anymore. Uh, they're the real deal. 
And so the Assyrians stopped helping the Ammonites after that point. It says they learned their lesson. And that's the end of chapter 19. And then chapter 20 is just like two little baby paragraphs. So uh, we'll knock that out and then call it a day. Yeah. Uh, chapter 20, David goes to Rabbah and takes their king's crown. He's like, I like that crown. I'm wearing that crown. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's a 75 pound crown. You're way. wondering where that crown came from. Now, now, now you know. You know. Yeah. And then he enslaved all their people and made them work with tools and stuff. Cool. Nah, Slavery is always great. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> and then there's literally four more verses about how he killed a giant once. Yeah, it talks about how basically it wraps up the loose end that was Goliath's brothers, and yeah. it talks about how David's brother actually kills one of them. Some other guys kill some other ones. One of them had six fingers and six toes on each hand. Freaks. And put, yeah, circus show. <laughs> some fucking some fucking weirdo freak show coming out of the fucking yeah. west but yeah, uh and like i was I, I which is good because i tossed and turned when i heard about goliath i was like what if he has a brother you know <laughs> he's gonna avenge you yeah but, uh, that's it and that's the end of chapter 20 and i think that god willing that's all we're gonna read today that's because, all we feel like doing fuck this book. yeah hey but that's uh what this for five more chapters down. We're blazing through this bitch. We're doing yeah. kings at like three chapters at a time. Yeah, we're saving so. you time. Uh, but, <laughs> you don't want to listen to this. We don't want to talk. No, say we already it, know so. this story. We already know but these fucking stories. We got to do it. It's insane. I'm hoping eventually it gets into some shit we haven't heard. Because you know how it always says in Kings, it would t- a king would die and would say, if you want to know anything else, it's in Chronicles, right? Right. But so far, everything we've read is shit we already knew. So I'm hoping once we get to the like Kings Kings... That it'll start being some additional well, fun facts, you know. I think I think David's story was pretty much complete. I don't remember them ever really saying, "Hey, if you need to learn more about David." I, yeah. So first of all, because David is covered in First and Second Samuel, really, yes. And then the period of Kings is the really First Kings is when they start being like, "Yeah, read the Book of Chronicles." So okay. I, I think David's story, which is funny thinking about it now. Because Kings was written during the Babylonian exile, and they're like, yeah, but read about this in Chronicles. And then Chronicles was the last book written, so it's like, yeah, read in the epilogue. Like, is there going to be an epilogue? And there's some, like, yeah. Jew in a tent. Like, there will be. I promise you. I know. Yeah. I talked to very, the editor. Very fascinating. I mean, that's what, like, the court reporter, the, uh, yeah, court reporter or whatever it was for. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. It the, just seems the, like even the guys writing it, when all they had to do all day long was spend time in captivity, were like, yeah, I don't want to write it. Yeah, this is boring. Someone else so, do it, and then that bodes well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's the end of that. I don't think there's much to say about it, right? We already know all these stories. Uh, nothing new came up. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. Um. Yeah. I again, and it's all. It doesn't even bear repeating. But like, I'm reading my concordance, of course. And the way they kind of try to like make sense of all the it feels like a cult to me when they try to explain these things because sure. like yes of course this doesn't make sense but when you consider about god's redemption for all mankind and the coming uh, co- combination of the line of david with the blood of god into the man child god of david son of god <laughs> thing and you're like that then it all makes sense i'm like does it uh, and yeah, it man. all totally. and it all makes sense that I don't know, and it, it's stupid to have that argument because who the fuck knows or cares? It doesn't really matter. But no. the fact that like, so here in the desert for not even eight hundred years, uh, there was like a warring tribe that basically had one successful king, 
and then the rest were just getting their asses kicked until they eventually were destroyed. And that's that's the lineage of God. That's God's chosen people of all the times and places in the world to exist, to create a chosen people. His everlasting legacy is 800 years of meh. That's it. Yeah. That's the whole fucking story. Started with Judges. Horrible time to be alive. Had one cool king, time, though. It was badass, yeah. at least. Had, had one king named David, defined by bloodshed and murder. Yeah. And then a bunch of kings that kind of fizzled out into nothingness. This is this is this is this is the guy Jesus was talking about. Guy rocks. Guy rocks. Fuck it. We got to see. We'll have to see when we get into the New Testament if it really lines up with the uh, ideals and morals. <laughs> well, we've also got a bunch of stories that take place in it, which will be fun. I guess I don't know. Well, no, it won't. I I I, I am excited because. I'm assuming that the story of Job and a couple of others, Isaiah and a couple others, take place during the time of Kings. Okay. Which will be super fucking funny if it's like, to me, and I'm this is what I'm expecting and I don't know, but it's like when you're playing a video game and you're just spending all your time dicking around with side quests and yeah. like, you know, there's like fucking dragons absorbing all of the mankind and like the world's going to end any minute. Now he's like, yeah, but I got to get these fucking pumpkins uh, across town or I'm not going to get 50 gold shekels. You're like, all right, that's yeah, what you're cool. doing with your time. This is, I, I want to join the dark brotherhood though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, all right, listen, I got to beat up this old lady or the companions aren't going to take me like, you know, it just, it, and that's, you know, like, hey, you know, there's a whole civil war going on right now. Like, I'm busy. I got All right. Let, let's wrap this up then, because I got to go play Skyrim now that you made me think about it. <laughs> I'm busy. I got to collect all these fucking Pokemon. You know, you're like, all right. I just, I just feel uh, like that's what we're going to get to, like, God. Because I, I know, like, the, the summary of Job is basically like a side bet he had going on at the same time, which would be great if it was at the same time that people were roasting children in Jerusalem. That would be funny as shit. Would be fun. <sighs> um, that's it, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, if you don't already, follow us on Twitter at Bible Pimps. While we're still there, no promises. You know, tomorrow could bring who knows what. We we uh, advocate violence against the Proud Boys. In case you're yes, wondering, we do. Yes, which we I do. wonder because I, I like I I saw the Proud Boys in the the supercut of Gavin McGinnis basically. Well, let me like, say our email address and then you can say this. You can email us at a revelations podcast no at gmail.com. All right, go ahead. <laughs> no one is Why do we even bother? Uh, <laughs> no one wants to talk to us, which I don't want to talk to me. Shit. I don't want to talk to them either. I don't Besides want to talk this. to you. This, this is, is a one way conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this is me screaming into the void. But uh, Gavin McGinnis was like, I created a gang so that we can, like a, a self defense gang to defend Western culture against Marxism, which. I don't even know. I don't know. Is is Marxism an Eastern ideology? Is I that, mean, it's r- Russian. It's, Russians are white as fuck. I don't care. Yeah. They're lightly Eurasian. I don't give a shit. Yeah. European. Uh, but whatever. Uh, I don't know. The, the idea of Gavin being like, listen, we got to get, we got to throw bricks at the people throwing bricks and we got to bring acid so we can burn Antifa, blah, blah, blah. We should get more self-defense against them. And I'm not advocating violence. Unless it's against someone who's advocating violence against people advocating violence. It's like stealing from a pirate. You know? It's 40 chess. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Love that guy. Anyway. Is that, was that it? You just wanted to talk about Gavin McGinnis? Get out there, people. <laughs> Get out and vote. Yeah. <laughs>